Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome everybody back to Men Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. We are so glad you have joined us here. And where is here, as Bill likes to say, here is at Sugarland Baptist Church at the Man Up Studio. I um, want to start out just by acknowledging a couple of things. First of all, we are, as most of you are aware of, it's summer and we are a couple of members short. So Bill Cox, the director, is out traveling with his family in the great state of Michigan, I believe, and visiting up there and seeing all his family that lives up up in the north. And Kyle Trahan, the deacon, is with his wife out in Colorado visiting some friends. So hope you guys are all doing that. We want to encourage our listeners, it's appropriate for men to appropriately rest themselves and get some recreation, and summer is a great time to do that. So before we start our lesson, I want to talk about two real quick things. So a friend of this show... A podcast called A Fork in Time has started another podcast. The Fork in Time deals with alternate history. I've guessed it on that podcast once or twice. The new podcast they have started is called The Room. And it is quite simply a history podcast talking about the room and rooms that will be chosen. The first room we done, if you're familiar with the musical Hamilton is The Room Where It Happened, where we talked about the Compromise of 1790. You can find that podcast on A Fork in Time on Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. We want to encourage you to do that. The second thing that we want to mention, several weeks ago when we were in the middle of our study of Mark, and we like talking a lot about Mark, and during that time we actually were very fortunate. We had another friend of the show, Chris Curran, who is the pastor at... Southland. Southland Baptist Church Southland in Baptist. San Angelo, Texas. I knew the town. And I couldn't remember the name of the church there for a second. He was on the show because he had actually authored the study. He mentioned a TV show called The Chosen. He piqued my interest. I had seen it ads for it and other things. I went and looked. Um, I don't know if any of the other gentlemen have watched it yet. I am totally caught up through season two now. I binged it last week. Um, I... Lost some sleep, basically, but it was totally worth it. I would highly encourage our listeners, if you want a different telling of the gospel story, different meaning that it is not Jesus of Nazareth with the bouffant hairdo <laughs> and all of you know, all of that. It is a gritty, gritty telling of the story of Jesus with very, very, they used four theologians from different face christian face to kind of approve their scripts where things that are in the bible they're following those literally the artistic licenses on the other things around it um but fit within the culture and the story and fit within the culture of first century judea and palestine under roman rule and so you can get the chosen on the apple i got it on apple itunes app and download it it's a phone app Steve said he found it on his Roku app, on his smart TV. Um, It is on Google Play, and I believe it's on Android. And I know I've seen it on YouTube, and you can see them on YouTube, but 
it, it doesn't appear to be as clean. It's like they have like 30 minutes of commentary in front of the actual show, which if that interests you, please go watch it there. But if you just want to see just the show, just hop onto iTunes and download the chosen app. Take a look. Go watch it. I would encourage everybody at some point. Maybe we'll pull out and we'll have a little bit of a discussion around the chosen once all the guys have an opportunity to watch it. But tonight, tonight we're continuing with our study of Solomon and First and Second Chronicles. It's really and David. It's re- okay. So this <laughs> one's David still, but we're studying that. That was Michael Crawford, the judge, giving me a hard time already. Um, so now you want to say that because the book is all about Solomon, right? Yeah. And we've yep. that's the third but lesson. The first three <laughs> chapters are <laughs> all about David. So uh, we're going to be hitting tonight First Chronicles chapter 29, verses 1 through 13, and then verses 16 through 17. And just some initial thoughts from the guys as we move that. So today we have two people with us on the panel, Michael Cropper, the judge, yep. retired prosecutor. He is here as well as Steve Titch, our policy writer and semi-professional gambler is and here. And producer. So. Yeah, and our producer, please. yes. And so. Robert fill in and, and doing yeah, a great job. And I'm job filling in for the host. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> a usual. great job of it, too. So. We're proud of you. All right, all. so Mike, kind of give us real quick summary, get ready for the lesson. Well, well just as we mentioned a while ago, uh, I was on to Robert real quick. Uh, the book is all about Solomon. And, folks, of course, you can pick these up. Uh, we, we do look at our subjects and our titles through the Baptist uh, teaching guides. This is three, Connects 360. Uh, the newer book that we are on now is Solomon, No Ordinary Kind of Wisdom. However, we have not got to Solomon yet. We're in the third lesson. Uh, but anyway, uh, last week, folks, uh, if you remember correctly, if you joined us, if you didn't join us, go back and listen to the, uh, the podcast. It was real good. It's all about uh, David's great love for the temple and he, his preparation for it. Uh, Solomon is going to be taking over as king. And David has, has accumulated a great deal of wealth, a great deal of supplies, a great deal of materials, all of which is top quality, folks. <laughs> We're not talking about stuff I would buy at Home Depot. You're talking about stuff you buy at the most expensive galleries, the most expensive uh, home furnishings, wherever. Uh, who knows? And, 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 and David has prepared all this, millions of dollars uh, in brass, bronze, gold, silver, all sorts of things to build the temple. And he's going to turn it over to his son, Solomon. I believe Robert or, St- Robert or Steve said they thought Solomon was about 20 years old when he's becoming king, uh, approximately. And it would make sense if, if David, in fact, slept with, with Bathsheba when she was about, what, when he was about 55 or 57, something like that. It would come out to about that. But anyway, the, the task to build the temple, the temple itself is just huge. It's extremely exquisite. It's extremely detailed, including goblets, um, the Ark of the Covenant, lampstands, all sorts of things. And David has come to de- detail plans to build the temple. And he said it's from the hand of the Lord. The Lord has been all over him. He's acting, written out the plans and the details to these objects and things that are, that are uh, consecrated for the temple itself. And they're gonna be, a lot of them already exist. The Ark of the Covenant already exists. Uh, however... Uh, the, the table for showbread exists, but David is going to have it re- refinished, I guess, with pure, pure gold from Ophir and uh, exquisite, exquisite refined silver. So anyway, enough of that. The thing is, was uh, 
David had these exact plans he gave to Solomon and said, you're going to build the temple. Then he gave him a long list of people who were going to help him build the temple, from the elders of the other tribes to craftsmen uh, to leaders of the armies. Anyway, so this week's lesson is again on David and provides more details about the use of the gold and silver David has provided to build the temple. And, and, and we touch more here on the on the character and the attitude that David has when he gives this abundance wealth that he gives. And we're going to look at the heart. So where you've heard the statement. There's going to be a few statements in here about giving from your heart. And uh, one of the statements that most of you are probably familiar with is where your heart is, there will be your treasure. So how could David give so, so much vast treasure from his own personal wealth and how could he do it willingly and wantingly? And, and, and we might touch on, a, on, on our own giving and tithe to our churches. All this giving is over and above what our tithe is. All right. Thank you, Mike. And Steve, real quick overview. Well, thanks for setting that up, Mike. Israel is at its peak. It is, at this point in its story, the wealthiest kingdom around. And its wealth is going to grow under Solomon. But it is still, as, as, as Mike said, the wealth it has right now is awesome. And this is where we see a little reflection of our times. Uh, we're going to talk about where money fits in our lives. And I think wealth and money inhabit blind spots in American Christians. I, I'm prepared to say that wealth is the idol to which we're all tempted to bow to. And in many ways, it's, it's almost a rival religion. And, and it's getting to the point now where it's just as intangible as the risen Christ. Somebody, oh, what, what do you believe? You believe in this God who, you know, supposedly rose Fairy from the tale. dead and went That's to heaven. Right, well, guys, when you can put a, when you could put a Bitcoin in my hand or even a share of Apple, well, then, then you call me, okay? <laughs> because, uh, you know, you even in Solomon's time and Jesus' time, you, you carried around gold or silver. Uh, our wealth mm. today is based on bits and bytes well, and, it, and basically on what a mass of traders or Wall Street people say how much stuff is worth. Well, it, Robert, it, what go, do you think? No, well, no. That, that, that's interesting. Steve, Steve brought up some great points. <laughs> well, huh? he, he did. And, and so l let me just let me preface before we start anything with this. So my background for 17 plus years I worked as the primary trainer at AIG, the big insurance giant, life and retirement division. And as part of that, that was I was I was in the old habits die hard, as they say. First thing I do every day when I get up, I open Yahoo Finance up and I look across the stream where the futures are. I read any highlighted news articles. Once a week I go look at specific stocks and read the news according to those. But throughout the day, the site BigCharge.com is open on my computer like all day just because the market's there. And, and yeah, <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm, I'm an apostate in business school because I tend to think Jack Welch ruined the modern economy. 
because he taught people that your company was worth whatever your stock price was at the end of the day and your uh, revenues didn't matter. It was all about your stock price. And I was just like, that's crazy. <laughs> that's, that's, that's religion right now. <laughs> oh, Brother. yeah. No, yeah. no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where, where I totally lost it was somewhere around 2000 when I had a uh, client. I was an agent at the time, and he was trying to convince me to put him in redhat.com. If you've never heard of Red Hat. I remember Red Hat. Yeah, okay, okay. I remember Small small little internet company had a a thing. This is before streaming and cloud stuff was that big. And at that point, Red Hat had, when he was talking to me, Red Hat's market capitalization, so the amount of their stock price times the number of outstanding shares, was larger than Chevron. With oil leases and refineries and physical tangible assets, and I just kind of went, the world is upside down mm-hmm. at this moment. And that that's really, and, and Steve's right, that does bring a faith that Bill wanted to bring up, and, and I'm going to just kind of throw that out there because I think it's worth having some discussion, is this is also David, because this is more about David today, setting Solomon up to build the temple. And in a way, it's passing that legacy on, and maybe this is something we can talk about is because David had to build it. David had nothing. He inherited what little Saul had kind of put together as a kingdom, but that really wasn't much in the grand scheme of things. David built it up through conquest and other things to where when he passed it on to Solomon, there was, as Mike said, and I'm going to read in a moment, all this stuff to build the (laughs) temple with and all these things and... Solomon would be the kids, the kid who grew up in the rich house that had everything given to him, and then daddy sets him up with his own business at the end of the day. Mm. So is there a lesson there for us as well as far as how we set up our people? And with that, I am going to read uh, 1 Chronicles 29, 1 through 13, and... 16 through 17. Then King David said to the whole assembly, My son Solomon, the one whom God has chosen, is young and inexperienced. The task is great because this palatial structure is not for man, but for the Lord God. With all my resources, I provided for the temple of my God gold for the gold work, silver for the silver, bronze for the bronze, iron for the iron, and wood for the wood, as well as onyx for the settings, turquoise, stones of various colors and all kinds of fine stone and marble, all of these in large quantities. Besides, in my devotion to the temple of my God, I now give my personal treasures of gold and silver for the temple of my God, over and above everything I provided for this holy temple. 3,000 talents of gold, the gold of Ophir, and 7,000 talents of refined silver for the overlaying of the walls of the building, for the gold work and for the silver work, and for all the work to be done by the craftsmen. Now, who is willing to consecrate themselves to the Lord today? Then the leaders of the families, the officers of the tribes of Israel, the commanders of the thousands and the commanders of the hundreds, and the officials in charge of the king's work gave willingly. They gave toward the work on the temple of God 5,000 talents and 10,000 dairies of gold. Talents of iron, talents of silver, 18,000 talents of bronze, and 100,000 talents of iron. Anyone who had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the temple of the Lord in the custody of Jehel the Gershonite. 
The people rejoiced at the will and response of their leaders, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. David the king also rejoiced greatly. David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, saying, Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give, thank, give you thanks and praise your glorious name. Lord God, of all this abundance we have provided for building you a temple for your holy name comes from your hand and all of it belongs to you. I know, my God, that you test the heart and please with integrity all these things. I have given willingly and honest intent. And now I have seen with joy how willingly your people who are here have given to you. And with that, we are going to take our first break. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men, podcast number 214. Hey, pastors and church leaders, are you looking to create an exciting program that will attract, engage, and inspire men in your congregation? Book a live Man Up, Spiritual Oasis podcast for your next men's ministry event. Called authentic, gritty, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been delighting podcast listeners since 2017. We're not pastors, just regular guys willing to talk about scripture and how we can apply it to our personal faith journeys. Man Up is a refreshing alternative to predictable motivational speakers, offering your audience a chance to connect with everyday Christian men who don't settle for routine Sunday school answers. Interested in learning more? Visit man-upspiritualoasis.com. Or contact Bill Cox at liveshow at manupmedia.org. And now, back to the fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Man, podcast number 214. We are talking about David and providing things to Solomon. We just read 1 Chronicles 29, 1 through 13, and 16 through 17, which is a fairly lengthy list of a couple of things. And, and, I thought it was interesting, guys, that there was three things that were listed. There was, A, the stuff David had collected himself through, Right. let's be honest with you, it was all taken in conquest. (laughs) He went out to war, and he got a bunch of stuff. And then if he didn't get it through war, there were people like the guy from Lebanon that said, oh, don't invade me, here's a bunch of cedar. (laughs) (laughs) then after that, though, David gave from his personal wealth, and then that's, well, all Scott, of his leaders did up. it, too. That's, that's a big thing here, I think. Yep. Um, and, it's, <laughs> and it's pointed out this, this was not a temple tax, which no. he could have no. easily done. No, that's he, correct. He, for lack of a better way of saying it, he reaches into his own pocket big time. He, 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 you know, he opens the storeroom and uh, gives uh, ever gives gives quite a bit. We don't know how much, but we're going to. It was it was lot. It was quantified there, and yeah. And then he does go on, and that this in, I think inspires uh, his his noblemen. Yeah, to, everybody else chips in at that point, mm-hmm. and 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 it was an extensive list, right? Because it was the guys in the court, the generals of the army, and then down. Sounds like in today's vernacular. The officer corps all dug in and put the money in themselves mm-hmm. for the officer corps. Yes, oh yeah. <laughs> but but Even you his, see, the heads of his household gave also. Um, 
the ones who kept his money, the stewards of his property, the stewards of land. Go ahead, Steve. Oh, you're, well, you're trying I, to get I was going to say also this, that, that, well, it's kind of, he leads by example, mm-hmm. for one. And, and now, but let, let's, 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 of course, get to the, the, uh, the, <laughs> the, the, the skeptical side of this first. Um, you know, this is a, this is a building drive. <laughs> Oh, this is, uh, yeah, this is the mother yeah. of all building drives. Um, you know, we, you kind of kind of can see this happen a little bit sometimes in our own churches. Let's make a pledge, but uh, this the motivation for giving. Uh, do we did they do it because the king did it? Uh, did they do it because they did it out of noble intentions? We we want to give our blessings to God, which is why David says say, says he's doing it. Uh, and what were what was some of the thinking behind this? This seemed to be a a generous outpouring, and that's that's the the example we get from the author of this lesson and what we're supposed to take into our Sunday school class. But what in what in some ways I th- I think uh, there, there's a general. Well, I, I got this. this. We were always asked to give through the city of Houston, right? And sometimes I gave money. Well, you're a person who signs your paycheck. I ask you mm. a, a few dollars. You may come up with a few <laughs> dollars. Right. That Let, United Let, Way. Let, I remember the United okay, so Way. <laughs> I am. I am. And, I, and, and I, I donate to the United Way. No, is it still I do around? it willingly. Oh, yes. Is it still there? Okay, because um, there were because all Because I can tell you right now, the 2022 chairman of the board for the United Way for the city of Houston is Willie Chang. I know Willie. I have long talks mm-hmm. with Willie occasionally. Willie is the CEO and chairman of the board of Plains Pipeline, where I work. <laughs> You're outing oh, yourself. Boy, we're talking to now, now, I will honestly, I will honestly say there is no. No one runs around, and I've been at other companies where it runs around and say, "Look, can you at least go in and just say, no, I'm not going to give,' because we want Plains has never done that. Plains does it the right way. That, hey, we're doing the United Way drive. There is some." incentives like the shirt i'm wearing tonight was actually if you made a pledge of x over the year you got this united way shirt or this shirt <laughs> that i happen to be wearing tonight but and last year the winning floor my floor got a free breakfast from torchy's tacos <laughs> good. That, that's quite an incentive that, that was for pr- those of right. you who do not live in yeah Houston. yeah oh yeah that's oh yeah quite motivating <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> chorizo i am there for with brisket tacos on top of it all yes. over it, uh-huh. but but yeah, yeah. It is it set up because of that. Now I can tell you, I don't. I know you guys probably don't know this story. So when this sanctuary was built, that we that we have currently at Sugarland Baptist Church, our youth group every year used to take the seventh graders, and they would go visit Wheeler Avenue Baptist Church, which is the largest and most influential. African-American Baptist congregation in the city of Houston. Uh, Reverend Bill Lawson was their pastor. He's still the pastor emeritus there forever. Uh, Bill Lawson led the desegregation effort in Houston, and Houston, by the way, peacefully desegregated because Bill Lawson made sure it happened that way. When our youth group was there, the minute they found out where we were from, they found out where we were doing, Bill stood up, Reverend Lawson stood up and said, brothers and sisters, these fine young children come to us every year because they want to learn about how we do church, has something different for them, and their church is getting ready to build their new sanctuary. 
we're going to pass the plate and we want our congregation to, and they did. Mm-hmm. They came back with a couple of thousand dollars that went into the building fund that built this sanctuary. Now, now for those <laughs> who, who are outside the Houston area, this would be comparable to a church in Bedford-Stuyvesant funding a church in Yorktown or Scarsdale, New York. Um, it would be completely the opposite, which is a very interesting take on yeah. on, on how <laughs> kingdom work happens. Yeah, yeah, it, but but that and, and and you guys are right. You know, we we do building projects, and and it was like you said, it was over and above, Mike. Yes. You know, they it wasn't just their tithe. And Steve, you're right too. It wasn't a temple tax, because you're. Later, we find out that becomes kind of a problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus had a couple of things to say about that, as I recall. Yes. Um, well, the, the, yeah, so I'd like to come. Yeah. Uh, I had mentioned to Steve, or I, I sent him an email today. But anyway, the, the, today, first of all, at that time when they were getting ready to build the temple, really they just gave their tithe to the Levites, right, guys? So they didn't have the Internet. They didn't have televangelists on there telling them, we need your money, and our cause is the most benevolent, and our cause is the most holy and most sanctified. Mm-hmm. So you need to give to our program today. And by the way, we need a jet today. It helps us get around. There's a few. Oh, your, I won't uh, say any television names. Anymore. But anyway. What, uh, what you're getting at, though, you don't see David. David is basically, it's, it's, it's totally transparent. We're going to build this enormous temple. It's going to be really expensive. We'd like you to contribute to it. He doesn't get up and say, if you contribute to us, guess what? Your blessings will return in seven times the amount yes. you gave. Yes. And believe me, <laughs> that's what you hear out there. On t- and no, I think no, that's no, what you're Exactly. Yes. We're okay. I was, I was sent him a note on that. <laughs> we, we, have, uh, but we, have, we have had discussions around this before. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, um, let's, let's think about this a minute. So you don't have... Any direction. Okay, here's what I really want to get at, first of all. It didn't say that everybody had to give. And mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there's some people who did not give to the temple building project. Mm-hmm. And you never hear anything negative spoken about them, right? Mm-hmm. What, what the whole lesson com- coming back to, and if you read the scripture that Robert read to us, it has to do with giving from your heart. The willingness and the desire to give to God. In other words, does this does this request for money or this purpose that they are asking for money for, does it also meet with your heart and your willingness to give? And of course, you have to be on a level with God, the Holy Spirit, to, to sense whether or not you should give, but you can ask him. The Lord will tell you. And, uh, and so where do you go from there? Say your church, let's say this, come mm-hmm. back to that. Your church has a building project and they want to add a room on to the, to the, to the church. Um, and, and you, you're not sure if you agree with it or not, ask some people. Talk to them, right? Talk to others. Ask, say, uh, uh, do you know what we're going to do with this project? Is it going to benefit people here in the church? Is it going to benefit people on the outside? Is it going to be- benefit the poor people? Uh, there's all sorts of questions you'll want to ask. But, uh, uh, Steve, going back to what I said earlier, yes, David here first tells the people, I'm giving so much because this is in my heart to give to God. Would you care to join me, right? See, but, this but is what we're talking about. There's even more to it than that. I think this is, this is what you get even more out of here, which I think is 
is the most important part and and what what is the hardest for Christians, people in general, but Christians too, to to grasp. And that's in verse 16 of, of David's prayer when he says, Lord our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a temple for your holy name comes from your hand and all of it belongs to you. It's it's certainly they're giving from their heart they're certainly they're giving from their heart that it they're giving it as a as an act of praise and when we give money same thing even we give money as charity and benevolence and for for various other humanitarian reasons Mm -hmm. we are giving it because it doesn't belong to us to begin with and that's that's radical that yes, is, is outright it's, radical. That so. that um, that you know, and it's not it's not a communist doctrine where it, it belongs to everybody. Everything no. comes from God, and therefore, you know, we're just stewards of it. We don't we don't have any claim on it. And right. so now, I was making fun of televangelists, and they're talking about sevenfold return. The more subtle version is is religion that validates your property that validates your way of life, that valuates, validates your acquisition of property, that kind of praises it. Well, you know, you may not have a BMW, but you do have a Toyota uh, X, what's their, what's their top line Toyota? You know, you do have a, you do Sequoia, have a, a, a Land Rover. Sequoia, a Land Rover, yeah. Yeah, yeah Land you know, Rover. I, I'm, not, right. I'm not extravagant, but I'm certainly well-to-do. I, I, again, I think, and I think it's tough, and I go back to, um, not to get overly political, but the um, the statement President, former President Obama made during the campaign, and and I don't necessarily agree with the the way he phrased it, but he said uh, he was talking about the economy, not about faith. So that, so there's that difference there. But he told a group of people when they, they were talking about the economy, he said, "You didn't build it." And that touched off a firestorm of opposition. But, but how did it come up? I don't. How do, how do the facts come up for that? And, 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 oh, yeah, but he said, you didn't build because because he was talking about yeah, you, people did build their businesses yeah. and all, but but okay. the idea, the idea, the what, what 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 touched the nerve was the idea of you don't own everything. Well, and and, and okay. I, I okay. want to I want to ask so, this. So okay, so here's okay. a question for you guys. David's concept of everything comes mm-hmm. from God. Do y'all think that is the hardest thing we have to deal with as men? In American Western Christian yes. men? I, yes. I, well, I think we forget that. I go ahead. Yes. We forget yeah. that. Steve brought it up again, <laughs> and I know that. Uh, and, 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 and I forget because that is a very humbling point. And the point is, is how much are you willing to give back? We're told, we read in Scripture, our teachers tell us that we should give a lot of money. We should give over and above the tithe, uh, and, and especially they've used the phrase, uh, God does not require us to give equally as those who have millions of dollars, but to give an equal sacrifice. So I start scratching my head and say, what in the world does that mean? Or we're to give from our heart, or we're to give um, sacrificially, right? The key word, right? Mm-hmm. What in the world does that mean, folks? Does that mean I I, I I give up something that I would have bought with this money. I would I give up something for myself, a new TV, say, this year, 
and take that money and give it to the Lord instead? Is that what giving sacrificially I, means? I think, you know, I, well, in one way, that's, I think that's one way of looking at it. It's giving up something you want. You want. For, now, here's the, here's the rub, for kingdom purposes. Okay. And, and, and this, is, this is what's tricky because it gets into all matters of human psychology. You know, are you guilted into doing things? Nobody's, again, in this passage, nobody's being guilted into anything. Yes, that's important. That's, that's, that's and, that, and I mean, important. and a lot of, a lot of you know, uh, not, just, not just pastors or, or people in the church, a lot of people who are in the business of raising money. Uh, can can play psychological games, but to the gist of what you're saying, yes, that 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 something it's you know and and maybe and that again it's you want to quantify and say does it mean like going hungry for or like letting your kids go hungry? Well, you put your money into this charity. I don't think it exactly means that, but I do think it means something like do I do I need a BMW and a Toyota? suits me fine and instead of paying right. uh 350 a month in payments i'm 250 and that and then and that hundred dollars goes toward my tithe that's that to me is where where i understand that's the trade-off mm -hmm. well, let's that's take a, a further step with that Stephen robert how do you know which one to give to <laughs> some of these charities <laughs> folks if you receive as much mail as i do every week they are high pressure Almost like buying a used car salesman, right, Steve? And whenever I was new to the religion, when I was to the religion, I was new to Christ. When I first, when I turned to Christ, started accepting, I was ready to give everything I had. And 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 uh, so my friend says, "Don't all you got to distinguish between emotion, right? Emotion and them pressing you hard to get your money, right? Versus." Do I need the money, like Steve says, and my family needs the money, Robert? And 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 how do I learn to distinguish what I should give or what I need to give? Oh, oh, really? That I don't have to give. And 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 coming back to these scriptures once again, God loves a cheerful heart. So first, look in yourself. Uh, practically speaking, this is just one one principle to go by. Are you going to be upset if you give the money, if this is a question that you need it for your family? Once again, tithe is not a question, but if you want to give some money over and above, is this something you need for family? And if you give this money, is it going to hurt your family from what you can see? And and if the voice of the Lord is telling you to do it, that's something else. Make sure he's telling you yep. to do it, not the... Uh, and yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, that's good. And with that, we're going to take our second break. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men, podcast number 214. You are listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. Originating out of Sugarland, Houston, Texas, USA, it's the faith-based man podcast that women enjoy too. Called authentic, timely, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been encouraging and entertaining audiences since 2016 and continues to be one of the fastest growing shows in its segment. Want to book a speaker, show, or post a comment? Go to Man Up on Facebook or our website, www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now, back to the No Church Answers Tour and the Fellows of Man Up. And this is Man Up, podcast 214, Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. We are talking about kind of the final charge of David to Solomon and really to the people on giving and 
giving above and beyond and making that commitment beyond that. And yeah. we've kind of bounced around a little bit and talking about how men in particular tend to forget that we all know nothing. <laughs> God has blessed all of us and yeah. gives us everything. And where do we draw the line on sacrifice? And Steve, you were going to pick up on that yeah, thought I, from I Mike. Kind of in part to help maybe answer Mike or clarify some things. Uh, and it has to do with tithing and um, managing your giving and understanding that what I think tithing does, uh, it's, it's not about the 10%. You can set it at 10%. You can, you can go more. But what it does over the long term, it helps you understand where money fits in the grand cosmic scheme of things. Yes. And you realize it's not that important. When you begin to tithe habitually, you begin to see that money is not as important as you think it is. You can get by. You can, you, it's, it, in a way, in the irony is, it doesn't become a sacrifice anymore. You, 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 when you live within your means, and, and this is, this is another, another point because in, in many ways, Christian values, there's overlap with Christian values and, and good economic values. Uh, you could probably draw a Venn diagram. It, there is overlap, but it is not. It is not a complete overlap. They do not. The circles do not line up on top of each other. So you and and I found this, and this only happens over time because I'm going to be straight up. Tithing is difficult when your income is low, when you're young, and 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 you've got to work that out. But if you if you live like that, you you get to where. Uh, you, you understand what money is. And, I, and I've got a, if, if you indulge me, I've got a story um, because we've talked about, you know, I, I, I do, I, I have been part of a blackjack team. I do, uh, I do play cards. I do play poker. Uh, back when I was on a blackjack team, um, we would, this was one of our largest team efforts we did. We had six, six, six players, uh, teams of two, and our bankroll was pulled, and it was a fantastic uh, evening. And we doubled back. We got back to the hotel, the motels, or the motel, like a Motel Six. We were we were we, we were staying as our headquarters, away from the casinos. But we put all the money. You know, it was counting uh, count up time. Um, and we had there spread out on the bed in neat little sacks of a hundred, almost thirty thousand dollars, and. You looked at it, and it's just pieces of paper. Now, people, if people could have killed us for that, oh, and and yeah, I mean easily. that is secure. People would have, <laughs> people would kill each other for that. And and I'm not that thirty for for some people that's that's half a year's salary, yeah. uh, right that's there correct. sitting sitting there. That's um, and but on my end, I, I realize this is really you know it's pieces of paper. Yep. Well, it, and it's funny because if you if you look at it, um, I do a little bit of dabbling in uh, gold and silver. Mm -hmm. And an American Silver Eagle coin is valued at $5. I can take it into a mm -hmm. grocery store, hand it to them, and pay $5 cash, legal tender, mm -hmm. and I can buy something for 5 bucks. Now, I will tell you right now, 
As of today, that coin is worth $32.25 based on the current price of silver. So I would be a fool to do that. But you're right. It's funny how there's value that we place on things, and then there's value that it has. And dollar bills, the full faith and credit of the United (laughs) States government, for whatever that's worth, (laughs) um, is is all that backs up that Mm -hmm. dollar. And you want to talk about faith and faith credits? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's only it's only thirty thousand dollars because somebody says somebody it. says it's thirty thousand dollars, and yep. we feel like it. But it but it's interesting. I think as we look at it, and and maybe we kind of talk about this. How does? Because I find it interesting, like you said, Steve and Mike, you've alluded to. David doesn't do the hard sell here. That, you know, if you give, it's going to mm-hmm. return to you sevenfold mm-hmm. times. Yeah, you know, your years. faith will be. Because, man, that is that is such a strain in American Christianity right now. And, by the way, I slam them. The evangelical yep. crowd <laughs> is right about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like, they're just doing it because it's a money game to them. Yeah. They are doing it that way because it's a money game to them, you know? And it's one of those, as you look at it, as you look at it, it's given the ability to really look above and beyond your faith as you think about it versus thinking about what the value is because there there is something. I like the idea, like Steve said, that it's a perspective thing. It puts it all in perspective, you know, where you have a lot of money or you don't have a lot of money. Doesn't really matter. As you we, look at we, it. We are, uh, we're looking at this, and David goes a great extent to say that God loves a cheerful giver, and he loves the attitude of the heart when you want to give. Uh, a thought I want to just throw out there for a moment. Suppose we're new, especially like I was new to the Christian faith when I was 19 years old, 20 years old, way back there, whatever it was. Uh, 20 years old. Um, suppose somebody at my church says, you know, you need to give this, and I really don't know, so I go ahead and give, uh, and I'm not real cheerful about it. Will God still accept your gift in the right manner? And I think the answer to that is yes. And do you guys have a comment? In other words, we don't always, we so we often give like our tithe is automatic. And by the way, let's come back and talk about tithe for people who can't I, afford it. I, I want to talk about that for a second. Oh, good, good. Because... Okay. Because I know people who treat the tithe as legalism and legalistically treat oh, the I tithe. Oh, I hear them say it, that, yes. That, yes. That mm-hmm. this is my gross times 0. 0.10 mm-hmm. means I should give $132.25, and that's what they'll write the check for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No more, no less. Well, it does, but that, mean, there is, it is scriptural in that yeah, respect. But, it, but I think, it it's, but I think it's looking at you it. You can carry it too far. Yeah. Yes. You can carry it yes. too far. Yes. And, and, and the one I always think about is back to the widow's mind. Yes. Where Jesus looks at the widow and says, you know, she goes and puts two pennies in. Was that mm-hmm. a tithe amount for her? Don't really know. Jesus said it was all she had. So she had, so it was hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. But but God viewed her offering with even more respect than He viewed the guy who's in there putting a hundred thousand dollars when that may Out have been that may have been ten percent though. 
mm-hmm. of his yeah, money. Yeah. He also wasn't yeah. he making a big show of it too. Kind yeah, of. yeah. Well, <laughs> yes, it, well, it, it, true, it's the true. thing is, and and I think you're right, Mike. I think it comes from it's it's the heart. The the ten percent tithe that is very scriptural. It's very Old Testament, by the way. It's just a basis. You can yes. give twelve percent. You can give eight percent. Right, if the Holy well, Spirit well, leads I you would, that, if you I can only afford five percent, it's a good guideline. Right, go yes. right. I think we that, always, yeah. we're always talk about important. legalism, but but let me let me segue to one important thing that 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 I can pull out that uh, it's in Malachi uh, chapter three verses six through twelve, and it kind of again gives gives pause as to way the. God sees money, and it's it's maybe a little sterner version of everything belongs to you, oh God. Um, he, this is this is Malachi. Sounds like an angry prophet, and he writes uh, under this is on the headline in NIV, uh, uh, robbing God, and he Malachi writes, uh, you know, channeling God. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your forefathers, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? This is verse 8. Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And then opti- there's an optimistic turn on this. It says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. Now, let's not read that as the gospel of wealth, but let's, um, uh, you know, and as my Remember, instructor on Sunday said, Levites, you know, about do not Le- put the Lord to the test, but the here Levites he says got testing. their salary from the tithe. Um, right? Well, I, they, but, they but, could but raise but, cattle and stuff, but let they, me say he's, go ahead, go ahead. He's, but he's, you know, he's telling the nation of Israel they are under a curse for withholding right. their tithe. Now, you know, that's... That's now, to we Americans, and, and there's That's a bit scary. before that, he talks about he talks about sorcerers and adulterers, and and actually throws in cheating your employees. Um, you know, we as Americans, especially American Christians, well, we're not sorcerers, and we're certainly yeah. not committing adultery or those oh, other sexual cheat sins. Cheat our employees, but you know, <laughs> do we cheat? Do we do a little funny things, or do we pay them what we're worth, or do we, you know, hard, you know, do we pay them what they're worth? Is the question. And also, but that big thing, that there's, there is, that's part of your worship uh, that, that God tells. Now, he says tithe. Now, we can, like, we can batty around that, but it's, it, it looks like giving nothing doesn't seem to be an option here, does it? No, well, <laughs> no, I, I think it's, and, and I think it's, you can't tithe and have a bad attitude about it. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're giving 25% mm-hmm. that you've made the decision, I'm going to tithe 25%, but you sit there and silently cuss while you <laughs> write the check out. Yep. You know, every, oh, freaking, okay, whatever here. You know, we're doing it on the app because we do all ours on the app now. You know, mm-hmm. that I, I think mm-hmm. you can't have a, I think it's, you know, whether it's 
one percent or twenty five percent, or I'll go even further, whether it's point oh one percent or fifty percent. Right. If you're giving it with mm-hmm. a bad attitude, it doesn't matter. Well, he doesn't need their money, right? This is right. what you're giving it. He doesn't. He couldn't care less about whether you pay the ten percent. It's not for his benefit. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. It's for our own benefit, which is what you're saying, Steve. And right. And it's a discipline, Robert. Mm-hmm. Everything. Oh, yeah. Right. It's a, it's a discipline, and it, mm-hmm. it's a it's a way, like Steve said, I think, of keeping perspective. Go ahead, Steve. Mm-hmm. Real quick. Oh, that's what that it's. It's yeah. it's you the blessings that come back are one you know you don't have to worry about money, that's really I think the, the, what we were talking about earlier. It's yeah. not that you get a whole lot back, for you know it's not a it's not a return. There's no ROI and it's a spiritual. <laughs> There's no financial ROI. There's a certainly a spiritual one. There's an ROE return on expectation. <laughs> return, yeah. There you are. <laughs> no, you may get a lot back and you may not. But you and don't you may get a lot give back. on that You may basis. get a lot back way in the future right. that you don't see right, right now. Right. Well, well it, wealth is more than just dollars. Yep. Right, guys? Yep. We're, we're glad to have our families. We're glad to have our wives, our children. Mm-hmm. Those are all part of wealth, right? Yep. And you, your children learn by watching what you do. And that's wealth. So mm-hmm. if you give to the Lord uh, willingly... And with an uh, with a open heart, and what do I say, clean hands and uh, mm-hmm. uh, giving heart, then you are teaching them something that you cannot give money for. Yep. You're you're teaching mm-hmm. them through illustration, and, uh, and and the Lord looks at us the same way. Are you gonna Are you gonna give to me willingly? Or am I going to have to take it from you? Like <laughs> so, so that's really hard to follow. So we're going to go ahead and start wrapping up uh, podcast 214, Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. A couple of final thoughts from the panel on this final setup by David as he gets ready to pass it off to Solomon and really sets him up not only with the plan that we heard last week, but now, hey, here's all the resources to do it. And by the way, I'm going to chip in out of my own, and then everybody else chips in and does it. So now we've set Solomon up for success to go and build the temple of God. And just some final thoughts from the panel. Steve, start with you. Well, I'll, I'll leave with a, something that uh, I got from a discussion some years back with a, a man at my former church. Because we were talking about you know giving money away, especially giving money away on the street. And he, he, would, he said... My go- when I see somebody who asks for money, I give them money. And I said, well, why? What do you, you know, I gave him the old same excuse. Well, he's just going to spend or whatever. He's not going to, he's not really going to. And he, and he came back to me and pretty much said, well, it doesn't matter what he did, what does with it. I'm, I'm giving him a blessing and maybe God will work through that. And that is what that's my faith is. And, you know, that's, that's tough to get your, uh, I've always thought it was a challenge after that because I, I still have issues with that. But nonetheless, it, it, he made no judgments. See, somebody asked him, he gave, you know, it might have been on just a couple of dollars, but the point wasn't what this guy was going to do with it. The point was he was giving it. Yep. Yep. Mike. Yeah. Just a couple of things, criteria I was trying to think of. We didn't, our, our, usually our, our author of our lessons gives us a box or something to look at on on 
on how we decide whether or not we're going to give to this particular charity foundation or that <laughs> church or whatever. He doesn't particularly do this. He says, he says, how can I follow the leader? And he gives some tidbits on uh, praying to God and worshiping using personal time of prayer. So my, my, my practical thought is, how do we know what to give to? If you want to, first of all, give to your church. If you believe in your church, absolutely give to your church. That shouldn't be a question. And, and what I was going to talk, tell you about real briefly, I'm going to hit it for a second. Folks, if you're a new Christian and you have family situations and you cannot afford the 10%, I would say hold off on it and ask the Lord to help you give the 10%. And start setting it aside if you can, maybe in, a, in on a shelf, a bookshelf or something like that with a check. And if you don't need that 10%, great, you can give it to the church. If you need it that month, it takes it may take you some time to develop. If you've got a lot of bills that you're trying to get out of and you're trying to serve the Lord. I think we serve an honest God. We serve a loving God. We serve a merciful God. He will honor you if you try to honor him. If you cannot give the 10%, try giving 3% try giving 5%. But anyway, it, it make it a discipline like Stephen Robert have said. But anyway, so the other questions of charities that come to us through the mail. Uh, are, or do they? First of all, is it for a church? If they ask you for money and they're sending you paperwork and you want to give to them or you're questioning about, you can go online and you can look at uh, Charity Navigator and see their, their benefit and their percentage for which they give to their organization. And you can see how much they're CEOs make some make 800,000 a year some make 500,000 a year if you don't agree with that don't give to that particular organization um, and, and and then uh, some some make 300,000 anyway you can check out how they're using their money some of the organizations with charity navigator then is it for furthering the gospel does it align with scripture is it benefiting the person more than those who actually need it the question is, see if you can find some information. If you're unsure about giving to particular organizations, uh, as I joked about but was really serious about, some uh, some evangelists need a new jet uh, that's faster than their old one. So I'm, I'm not so sure I agree with that. Mm -hmm. the, the basic things that the scripture tells us, and Jesus himself repeated this, he said, feed the poor, feed the widows, the orphans, and the foreigner who needs the money. So anyway, the question is, is it for a good purpose? And, and then again, we, as we have said many times, ask your friends, ask other people in the church what they should do, what you should do. Again, this is if you want to give outside the church and you have a lot of uh, requests for money anyway. But those are just practical suggestions for you. Robert? Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Steve. And I'm going to just wrap up real quick with this, that I, I think it's all about your perspective in giving. And it's all about your heart and yes. making sure that you have the right heart so that money keeps in perspective for you. Because today's society will tell you, he who has the most toys wins at the end of the day. And the, the, the funny thing is, as much as I like some of my toys, I do not think my wife's going to be able to fit them in the casket with me at the end of the day. Not any of them. <laughs> <laughs> really, she's not, <laughs> you know, and so, but, but it's one of those deals where, you know, always take a look at how you view money and what does money really mean to you down deep and recognizing that it's from God, that all of it is, 
You know, it, it, it's easy to think about. We worked hard and earned it, but no, really, God gave us the talents to do it because if nothing else, we're breathing. So with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcast. Please check out our YouTube channel. And, of course, you can always find out more about us on manupspiritualoasis.com at our website. And we want to encourage each and every man out there to find a local Bible-based church to be there. And in particular, look for a men's group, one like this, where you can look and talk and ask those hard questions about faith, where you can really talk about those subjects and explore them. And if there's not one, as Bill likes to say, go start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want anything. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.